This episode was recorded prior to our name change. We are now officially called The Mike Line Show. Look for us on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else to subscribe. Yo, what up, what up? For Hypebeast Radio, this is Manny and this is Soundcheck, a show that looks to discover the origin story of your favorite artists and major players in the music industry. We ask the questions that you always wanted to get answered and you never know who may pop by. Don't forget, we will very soon be separating the three shows on Hype Radio, so you will have to go and individually subscribe to the shows you want to listen to. Search and subscribe right now to the HBR show, Business of Hype, and Soundcheck on Hype Beast Radio or Hype Radio to keep listening. Do it now so you don't miss any episodes. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. For the new episode of Soundcheck, we talked to The Dream about becoming a songwriter, transitioning to becoming an artist, the difficulties it takes to become a songwriter, his newest projects, cars, and a ton more. Welcome to Soundcheck. Welcome to Soundcheck. This is... uh this is a one of the. This is a season number three. Wow, season three. Oh man, that's and perfect, actually. Yeah, <laughs> very perfect. And um, I want to introduce our guest. Well, I'll let him introduce himself. He's he's one of the legends. No oh, man, you go ahead, man. I like your your voice. Sounds like real great in that tone. <laughs> well, this is the dream. One of the best musicians, artists, and music. One of my favorites, and I definitely, definitely excited today. For those who can't see, his hands is. It's stretched yeah, out, wide, man. very like, like an eagle, <laughs> like an eagle, very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the one thing that fascinates me with you because I've seen, I've, I'm old enough to know where I've seen their entire journey, and so the one of the things that's fascinating me about you is like around the time I felt like it was, um, was that twenty? I guess between twenty two thousand two and two thousand six a lot of songwriters started to become artists. And so I always wanted to know, um, how do you know when to make that leap? Like when you're like, I think I can do this myself rather than pen it for somebody else. Wow. Um, thank you for the introduction. Yes. I think mine's, my, my plight was a little bit um, different just because I I didn't, I didn't want the idea of an artist to precede what I do as a songwriter and producer or a musician. I actually enjoy those things and having that, um, I guess, title, mm -hmm. you know, before an artist. Like, I know when I meet an artist, whether they're that type of an artist, you know. Um, songwriters is the title of a thing, but they're artists in them, you know, in themselves. And I think they're fighting for, you end up fighting for a thing you want which is probably usually recognition or oh, I could do that better than the person I just gave a record to and I never felt that way like I just felt like um if if AMG is making a Benz the name that's on the engine once you lift the hood up that's what I appreciate about it mm -hmm. like so that's who I wanted to be I wanted to be the badge once you lift it you know you lift the thing up and it's like oh that that particular machinery was done by the dream, mm. you know, and so I carried that the whole way. I didn't look back. I was in the singing group when I was in high school, so, so nice. that that was cool. I was a drum major in high school as well. And when you're in the south and you're a drum major, you know, it, that's probably why the transition wasn't didn't mean that much to me, or it was not a 
it's not a um, stage fright or anything like that because you know you're in the hood marching out for halftime. You got to do <laughs> you got to do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so so for me the the transition wasn't wasn't hard at all. The reason why I did it was I wanted to make sure songs that I had in my heart that I felt like needed to be in the world wasn't stopped by an artist not understanding that they needed to sing them. I didn't want to have a fancy record that I would have to beg a usher, you know, to sing and not saying that he wouldn't get it like I wouldn't know. And that part kind of scared me. Mm. Like, oh, man, what if I got this record and Beyonce doesn't like it? And I feel like it's amazing. And it's called One Plus One. And you never hear it. Mm. If I'm not an artist, then you might not. That was just one of those things that ended up, it did happen. And a lot of people don't know. I took One Plus One off of Love Versus Money. Mm. And it was like sitting there. But at least I had a chance to say whether I wanted it on there or not. Mm. Yeah. Do like, I guess the people who help you make that transition, uh, I guess not even that, do people tell you like, hey, don't like, you should just stick to this? Like, do you get pigeonholed? Like, how do, is it outside forces that be like to make or break that transition for songwriters? <laughs> yeah. only, only the people that want the songs that I'm going to keep on my album. <laughs> <laughs> probably about it like no i don't i don't get pigeonheld by um and more so early on i guess when you were yeah, when you were younger early on no not at all like the 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 pigeonhole um actually comes from from fans mm. fans of people have an idea of what they think a thing is you know they have this idea of what art is based on how they grew up or how they looked at tv or something you just mentioned which was um, from 2002 to 2006, you know, there are these writers that became, and it's like, yeah, but the, that's Smokey Robinson. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the same exact thing. But they started to teach us in the 90s that, oh, songwriters do this, they're not artists, and artists do this, which is what makes them artists. Yeah. And that's actually not the case. It's just different type of, you know, type of artists, the same way painters are different type of painters, you know? Yeah. So... Because I feel like very early on, and especially as like me as a fan, when I was listening to music, mm -hmm. that like there were the, the idea of the songwriter and the artist that the songwriters they probably got the sauce and the talent, but it may not have to be blatant the look to right. what they can make it. And then this, this, the the artist they have to look and sometimes the talent. That's back to TV again. It. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, where the bar was set by the princes and Michael Jacksons of the world of what that type of an artist looked like. That changed everything. Like, that Very took much. it up. Like, oh, man, you got to be like this. You need to be in shape. I need you fit. I need you looking good. And, you know, that's the same plight for women mm -hmm. who are fighting for a certain thing now. It's like their same cause of why must a woman look this particular way to be considered, you know, a woman. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same exact thing we do it to each other we can't help it like it's in our coded dna once we've been through the 80s 70s or wherever you grew up at you know whichever de decade you grew up in once you've been through that decade that kind of determines your outlook for the rest of your life on how you're going to see things or how it should be presented to you so car companies sell you cars you feel a certain way about or why it's taking us longer to not use gas would just be because we grew up in the eras like Chevys and, you know, Impalas. And we're like, nah, man, 
it's my turn to mess up the ozone layer. <laughs> like, don't be bringing those smart cars out now. So we're just now getting to a point where it's like, oh, okay, so when somebody's going to make a, smart, a dope smart car? Like, mm-hmm. oh, Ben's making one? Okay, cool. Well, now I feel a little bit better by letting my G-Wagon go. Yeah. You know? How does one even get into songwriting? Because I'm always curious about, like, how did you become, like, because, like, people may think, like, I can pen a song, but how do you actually and a song for these an artist, a label artist. And in the culture, it's actually a really hard thing to do. Like, if you're not, man, I'm blessed. Like, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. which which consists of, in the 90s, Dallas Austin, Jermaine Dupree. Like, is it was, when people ask me that question, and I rarely get it, um, but, but when I'm asked, that, those are the first people I think about because I remember being able to, to, to draw a parallel line to success money, taking care of your family, doing your thing from what they did as songwriters, you know, and producers. Like, oh, cool, Dallas Austin did this thing for TLC, and it turned into this. Mm-hmm. So you kind of figure out how to make it happen, if you, especially if you're, you're out of the culture and you're from the hood. Like, I figured out how and who I needed to run into. But there's no specific, nobody's back in school, like, trying to figure out, like, okay, cool, and... 12th grade, your sixth period is going to be about songwriting, <laughs> which should be short story songwriting, you know, the same thing. It should be that type of a musical class, but it's not, you mm-hmm. know, um, and speaking on that, that was something I was trying to, and I'm still trying to do it, but we were really close with, with Arthur Blank and trying to get something on the West side mm-hmm. so that it is a school just for that, mm-hmm. like not just, oh, cool, pick up an instrument, play the trumpet, cool, I've done that. This part of songwriting is such a unique thing. Most people don't understand and know that they have the gift, gift until they run into somebody with the gift. Mm-hmm. And so I'll run into somebody that's just making a joke with a punchline. It'll just their wit will be at a certain level, and I'll tell them like, "Yo, man, you need to you need to write. You need to screenwrite." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What are you talking about?" Because they don't know where to get that thing from. Yeah, I, I just going off that. I think that's hella important because. People, I think, it's just outside looking in, there's a lot of people who can, I guess, um, produce music, meaning they can sing, they have like, I guess, some talent, but their their depth in songwriting is very base level, and I think songwriters is so important um, because they can chant, they can channel emotions into words, and I think that's what make the music, I guess, um, last. Yeah, well, you're delivering life back. Mm. You know, like that's the purest you're gonna you're gonna get, you know, regardless. Like it doesn't take anything away from the showmanship that the artists have. Like when those guys are on stage doing their thing, it's like, oh cool, those moves that Chris Brown does not happening. I'm not doing it. <laughs> like he's he's amazing at that thing. Vocally amazing. This other stuff that I do is the same thing. It's just in a different space. Mm. Um, it's probably more of a reflection of life and going through relationships and living for real, like being it. I'm going to Home Depot. I'm going to build a table today. Mm-hmm. Like, and it may not be a song about building a table, but the table may represent a relationship and how my wit is. I'm going to actually deliver it to you. And you're trying to hear a ghost in something that I'm writing and you can't understand, like, why does he look at it that way? And it could just be simply... Oh, I'm at Target probably all the time, and I see people with doing regular shit and living their regular lives, and I love that part about myself, mm. you know, and I'm glad that I'm able to go out and get that. 
and that's why I feel like even with screenwriters and, and directors, like all of them live in kind of that same space. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, um, I guess it's a question also I'm always curious about, are there people who should stick to songwriting? Because I think, so this is like a, like a general feeling that I have. Mm-hmm. I think what's being told to people, especially young people, and to be quite frank, people of color, is that you can do everything you want to be. Horrible. Be everything you want to be. Just put your mind so to you're it. So that's not just a, not mean to cut you off. That's not literally just a songwriting question. That's like, <laughs> like yo, <laughs> you're 5'3", yo. <laughs> you're not dunking on nobody. We're not playing basketball. <laughs> it's over with. Let's try this soccer thing out. You know, we go trial for the team. Soccer's big right now. It's the next, next big thing. Exactly. Let, you're not. So <laughs> and so put that into songwriting. Like sometimes I feel like because a lot the trend is now is that everyone wants to be the star, everyone wants to be like the the next you essentially, and so they try to make music. But I'm just like, sometimes you just cool to be a songwriter. Sometimes your voice is not that strong. Sometimes you don't. You're not. It's just something's missing. But you can write. Is I there, would is, I would hate to be the person. Like I would, I don't want to be in that position to tell anybody not to do anything. Even though I'm very blatant. If you ask me, like one on one, like what it is, I can't. I won't cast a big blanket over everybody and say, Yo, man, you don't have that other thing. No, like, mm. and I've been asked that question um, a lot and. It's usually more introverted people who are writing, trying to make that jump. And I'm like, it's hard for me to, I can say this phrase, but then it still won't get it. It's like, yeah, but there's a nigga part of me that comes with songwriting, that's still a thing. Mm -hmm. That's the part that you're like, oh cool, I fuck with, I fuck with that nigga right there. I fuck with him. Like beyond the songwriting, it'll stop right there. And probably go into the room with uh, Rihanna and write something that, or write Love on Top and it's like, oh, that ain't, that ain't the hood bankhead nigga that I know. Mm-hmm. And it's two compartments, you know, for that thing. Mm. And, yeah, there, because you have to learn to compartmentalize different parts of yourself. And I think, yeah, when you're introverted, it's kind of hard to just become an artist that somebody can see and really recognize and say, okay, cool. Like, I think you should do the artist part versus like nah, yeah, nah, nah. Just, just come back. Yeah, just you know what I mean? Um, favorite songwriters of some some of your favorite songwriters, Lionel Richie, mm. Diane Warren, Smokey Robinson, of course, Michael Jackson, of course. Um, who else I got? Favorite, favorite, um, Timberland, mm. of course. Um, Pharrell is one of my favorite, definitely favorite songwriters. Of course, when I say songwriters, most people don't understand that songwriters mean musicians and music too. <laughs> so they're like, what do you mean? Those aren't words. And I'm like, still living in the 90s. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, those are Missy Elliott, of course, and congratulations to my girl Missy for nice. yeah, one of the first female hip-hop artists in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Um, I'm, I'm on my way. Yes, definitely. Um those are those are some of my favorites. I'm sure I miss some. Mariah Carey's really great. Mm. Really great songwriter. What do you think separates them from like the rest of songwriters period? Yeah. I think it's the I think it's the ability to not give a shit mm. about really what you what you're thinking and having a confidence to know like this is what the fuck I want to write. They wake up living 
and breathing and then transferring that to to words and that's how they are in real life you know it's that thing when you meet somebody and you're like oh you're exactly how i thought you were mm-hmm. or you're not exactly how i thought you were mm-hmm. um those things though decide you know what the difference is between you and somebody else you know i will hope that when people see me if you expect the right things from me to say oh, okay yeah that's that's what i thought i thought that was that was him and years later you built like career not just songwriting but also being an artist and making some of the most amazing music and r&b and just in, in music general that um that have pretty much fans have lived with for over a decade right um the latest project manage trois um 38 songs, loved it, fantastic, and it's definitely needed, but I definitely want to ask, you probably ask this a lot, 38 songs, I feel like consumers now, the younger they are, the more they're just like, um, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, uh, so instant um, mindset is like, gone, all right, right, I'm good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, just start off with that, 38 songs, yeah. wider length, and start from there. So the point is, is like art, music never dies. It just doesn't. So I'm not here. I, I wasn't planning on worrying about like what the consumer did today and then tomorrow said, okay, cool. I don't want to listen to Challenger anymore. Like I'm going to throw Dream out. That's cool. Because if they're anything like me, if, I, if it's a mirror of myself, then there would be no reason for me to listen to Frank Sinatra on the way over here. Mm. I want more now because now I'm done. Or Coltrane, I want more now, but he didn't do more. So I don't have that. I never wanted to hold hostage something because the principle of, oh, you might not be paying attention. So as an artist, don't make it because nobody's paying attention. One. Two, I can't stay in a mode and save something. So everybody was asking me, like, oh, just put one out now and then put one out three months from now. And it was like, do you know mentally where I'll be in three months? <laughs> Hell no. Like, I'm on sex tape six and seven right now. You're talking about save something. Like, I'm not even thinking about that part, whether it hurts or not, which I don't think it does. Like, you're going to consume what you're going to consume. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, once you understand publishing and how it works, syncs, especially with movies or whatever, and you're giving somebody a palette and you're growing um, – and with me growing this this next publishing catalog is put as many titles as you can in that catalog because you especially if you're just trying to make great music mm-hmm. they're great if they're great songs great ideas and they touch people i don't care if it's one person or if it's a million that person is going to go somewhere and be sitting at hbo singing song number 12 off the first tape which i think is top and say hey man this needs to go in this mm-hmm. we're going to put this song in this space and then you have a sync fee Mm -hmm. you don't have that if you didn't even create that amount of songs so of course i don't approve of just making a bunch of songs just to make a bunch of songs and it's like man number 31 is the same song (laughs) (laughs) as number three that would make me a dickhead to my art (laughs) i was like i don't want to be that guy um but i i do want to challenge myself you know um for no in particular reason i have music i've made albums man that you're waiting on promotion to get set up you're waiting on the world to catch up you're waiting on all these things it's like man fuck that (laughs) like i'm dropping my don't be mad at me Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we did 10 records last week nobody give a shit when love hate was done in two weeks Mm -hmm. 
It's like, yeah. So it would have been the same thing. So you got love, hate. Um, L.A. Reid still blames me now. He's like, man, we should have went to Fast Car. It should have been a single. You just had to put love versus money out. It's like, yeah. I don't think that many people are mad that you might be mad that it didn't get worked as a single. You yeah. know, like, damn, yeah, you're right. That was him as a label owner thinking like a label owner. Yeah. Me, I was like, no, artist. love versus money is up. But like, let's go. Yeah. You got rocking that thing. Like, let's do it. And that's how you got the fancy. If I would have waited, who knows if you would have got that feeling in that place at that particular point in time. It would have been a different dream, a different Terry is in that room working. And I believe in that space and that type of energy. And you have to seize that. And what I won't do is continue to put meat in the freezer and like, oh, yeah, I forgot I bought some ribs last year and they're, and they're freezer burnt, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which is what happens to everybody's hard drives. Like, yeah. oh, here's a song. Great. You may not feel like putting it out, but, you know, another artist probably would cut it. But I can't I can't imagine like what sex tape is one, two and three. I can't imagine like some of those records belonging to somebody else as blatant as they are, mm-hmm. you know, other than me. And I just had to let them go, man. I had to let that thing fly, man, like a three, baby. <laughs> Steph Curry. You had to let that thing fly. <laughs> I was I was watching your interview with um the dude on Beats. Uh, I forgot his name. The uh, dude. And you were talking about sex tape. I totally mm-hmm. forgot his name. I wrote it down, too. Um, so you talk about sex tape. And the, the thing you said I thought that was so important and I thought I was really um, to, really cool to highlight was that he was like, I'm making music for my me and my grown friends. And I was like, grown. I was like, I was like, you know what? Because that's the music I feel like is missing right now. Of course. It's just like, I think what's happening um, is, it's, you know, which everything happens in music is just a transition uh, of just like one generation to the next. But what I think, and especially R&B and hip hop, is that the generation, the older generation that's happening also is making music, but making music for, you know what I mean? Not just for people age, just for people that are like them. And it's, I think that's super important. Um, so I guess like what, why emphasize grown and just like your idea of making music? The, liber- and- the liberation, the, the, <laughs> that's literally it. It's yeah. like, it's like I'm liberating the, the people that said, oh, I wanna, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to work. Mm. I'm not going to ask anybody for anything. I just want to do my thing. Mm. We forgot that those people in the middle, me included, mm. needed a certain joy to keep our shit going too. Mm-hmm. Not just your kids. They got their J's. They walk around with all this shit and their electronics and they, they chilling. They're like, yeah, I'm getting all the stuff that you paying for. I'm having fun. My kids were more so the source of, I was like, hold up. Now, when I was young, my mom and uncles and everybody was having a lot of fun. <laughs> it was like Friday night. It was Coke 45 cans, like everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, hold up. This is the part that's missing. Because now it's like, oh, don't do that. The kids watching or don't do this. The elders are watching. So now the middle of the pot that keeps actually all the shit going mm-hmm. literally now has turned into, it's turned on us. Mm-hmm. So now we're the slaves. The new slaves are the people in the middle. Mm-hmm. So once you get to 26, work. Give it to somebody. You got a kid? Give it to them. Don't think about nobody but them, and you're good. And then that's why everybody's popping pills. Yeah, <laughs> like, ex- exactly. What, like, what's wrong with everybody? Like, 
I don't have no fucking joy. <laughs> like, you know what's wrong with me. Like, this is terrible. I didn't know I was becoming a slave for all you other people. Like, yeah. I got to get you taxes, and I got to send your ass to private school because you're too bad to go to public school. Great. Yeah. Pop a pill. Like, and so my liberation was that. Like, so that's why I said it was more than about sex. Like, that's not the point. The point is, fuck all that. We're going to say what we want to say the same way when my parents said things that you couldn't repeat mm -hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. It was like, go to your room and don't jump on that bed. <laughs> like, that was it. Like, bye. You knew they was in there doing something. You could smell a little smoke or something, but you, you stayed in that room. And they enjoyed their week of work that they went on. Ain't no telling what the fuck they had to deal with. Like, now as a grown-up, you're like, oh, shit. I'm dealing with shit and I'm rich as fuck. I'm like, so I don't even want to know what you was dealing with as a parent with kids. But I do want to find that place where we good and we can go in that place without being judged. Like, don't hold me to those to those things. I've earned a spot to not be fucked with. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what, what this sex tape is. It's like a spot. I'm creating this spot. Like, don't fuck with us in here. Like, leave it alone. It's music. It's just like it's like a remembering of this. Like, you are individual, but you're older, and so right. you're dealing with a lot of older older stuff and just a lot of older topics. And I think one thing that your music is, and especially the tape is. Um, it's really a, it's talking about grown shit. To be to put it like put it in like layman terms, one thing that, that always sticks out about your music is that it's not it's not just raunchy, but it's like very straightforward. Mm -hmm. um, I guess songs about sex, love, and everything in between. I think right. that's so I, it's about questions exactly. And like, can you answer it in these songs, Dream? Exactly because. I think, and that's what the gift is. The gift is, I've been posed a question, whether literally or just figuratively, and just in the in the world, like, yo, there's a question about why this person does this, and then I can write a song to say, this is why. Mm. This is why relationships don't work. There's no cookie cutter way to how your relationship is going to work. Sorry, I'm the guy that's going to tell you that it's not. Mm. I'm the guy that has to look across at my wife and tell you, like, yo, that shit ain't going to work. I can tell you it's not going to work. Literally because I failed at it that way. That's mm -hmm. one. Two, everybody else we know failed at it. Your parents failed at it. Their parents. So let's time out. <laughs> like, here's a song. Mm -hmm. This is how it's going to work. You may be scared. You may be fearful, whatever it is. But this is the place and how it's going to work. Or it won't. Mm -hmm. and we can all be Leonardo DiCaprio, keep our money to ourselves, and live happily ever after. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I love the... Most of us love the idea of companionship. So in those songs, as I'm painting that one thing in those songs and in those places, that's where you get that part from. Oh, one thing I would definitely want to ask you about, because as a musician who like worked in different genres and um, been charting in different genres, mm -hmm. what do you think of this, like the whole the narrative about pop music right now, meaning that like the pop star, traditional pop star is dead and is more... I guess hip hop leaning and then even country now. Mm -hmm. um, do you think pop will, will ever get back to like the Britney Spears or, you know, back in the day where Christina Aguilera's, the Jessica Simpsons, all that stuff? Do you think that would ever happen or is just like this is just another turn of. I uh, think the world is so raw now, mm. it may not be able to come back in mm. that type of a way because now the, the, the wool is off of everybody's eyes about the world. Yeah. You know, it's still some of, some of us like walking around pretending like there's this, because pop came with there's a certain type of life. 
Well, not when people are overdosing in those same, you know, <laughs> places. Like, so you mean to tell me Nancy was on drugs? Like, mm-hmm. yep, Nancy was on drugs. It's like, oh, she's at church every Sunday. Yeah, but, you know, she's a little stressed out. Mm-hmm. She's on drugs. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. Pop is everything but that. Because the worst things usually happen to all the other genres. R&B is literally about rhythm and blues, heartbreak, breakup. Hip-hop is about the struggle in the streets, being black, growing up, having to sell crack, whatever. And pop was, oh, shit, there's a heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, there's not. Sorry. (laughs) You should listen to sex tape. This is where we are, and it's okay. So I don't think there's a... There's a real way to turn to that. Like pop, um, I think life now is like in two phases. It's what's real and what can be done about it. You know, it's more of a humanitarian thing now. Like so in that space is where though that crowd needs to graduate to, you know, and go to that space um, where it's needed versus I'm going to sing a bunch of fluff about nothing that's not nothing. And that that's no kick against any other pop stars, yeah. you know, um, because I love them all. Definitely Britney's one of my favorite. And it's just the era in life where we are. Yeah. And Trump just put a stamp on like, oh, shit's that fucked up? Really? Like, y'all really don't fuck with people? Mm-hmm. Like, we really have a problem after all of this. Like, we really have all of the scientific discoveries everything that's going on how many galaxies we found now we still act like the dumbest thing on earth like this is completely crazy to that mind frame so yeah yeah, i don't i don't think we'll be seeing that place we'll relive it yeah i definitely see the trend of now pop artists um are kind of i guess for some people you call appropriation but some people you call um, influencing, oh, influenced by yeah, R&B and hip-hop now. Yeah, that's, it's horrible. I got, <laughs> I've gotten over it. It's like, I mean, what you going to do? Yeah. I think I think um, that comes from them being smart enough to do it, mm-hmm. and and them doesn't mean black or white or anything. It's yeah. just them. <laughs> they know who they are. Um, smart enough to do it, and the fans' fault for not understanding where the drip really comes from. Mm-hmm. That's their fault. Like, people hit me on my line all the time. Like, yo, man, is this you? It sounds like you, but I don't know if it's like, it doesn't even matter at this particular point because if it did sound like me, what's going to, what, what you going to do about it? You going to mm-hmm. go buy three more of my records? Like, like no, <laughs> you're still going to buy that shit. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter where it came from. Yeah. Um, and so I just look at it like a source of inspiration at this particular point, you know, um, no, 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 this to Kia. Like, is, if Kia's gonna make a luxury car, like, I'm sure they're in there, like, how did Mercedes Benz do this particular thing <laughs> right here? But that's your source of inspiration. So it's Ferrari. So it's all of the things you feel like are great. It, is, it isn't about the amount of money that they cost. They are great things, and you usually just end up paying more for them. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, music isn't like that. I don't get any extra Ferrari money for, like, I mean, I could just sue everybody, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't get any extra money. Like, you know, that kind of sound. Did he say "Eh, eh," at the top of that song? That's number one now. Anyway, so those things that they take, you know, even inside the culture, we do it to each other. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to just take those 90 things from, you know, from you and put them into my song. And Mm. nobody's going to know except Dream. Mm -hmm. 
he's so G though. He's probably not gonna say anything. Yeah. And they're usually right. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Um, it's funny that you talked about cars because I definitely peep that you have like you have interested in car. Well, you have a you're really into cars and motorcycles. Oh yeah, me and Pusha, we have we have wars. We oh, have car wars. Tell yo. me about that. Yeah, we have car wars, yo. He, like Pusha, Pusha knows like, and this is one of those other things, as far as fashion and and as far as like um as far as cars. The, the crew in the middle like know exactly what it is that I know about it and it's like everybody else has no clue it's like dream doesn't know shit about nothing it's like no actually I do know a lot about a lot of things mm-hmm. no he he just got his wife the um and I don't mean to put him on blast but I seen the e63 um s station wagon oh nice. and so I had one like about five years ago and I was telling him was like yo Trying to tell you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this thing right here, zero, zero to sixty, like three point four. You put a chip in, it's three point oh. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, man. It's like, all right, cool. So I just seen hers had the carbon fiber on there. It's like, yes, mm. that's what's up. <laughs> so I have those great bright moments of when I'm putting somebody on to something, like when I've had the first yeah. blow on in the culture and nobody knew it. Mm. And then somebody said it in the song and then took credit for it. But it's okay. <laughs> Cultural appropriation just goes so far, so, <laughs> so far. Um, but no, uh, we're definitely in the cars. But I just got a SLS Black Series, mm. which I'm really happy about. I drive it every day like it's a regular. Like I don't know why I do that, but I really don't give a shit. Um, the people who are seeing me in it, who thought I guess they're waiting on me to sell it, they're like, oh, he's just gonna hold it, put it in the garage, and sell it. And so they see me in it every day. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm driving this shit, man. Right. I'm, I'm driving this shit everywhere. I'm gonna go to Starbucks. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Publix. I'm gonna go to the grocery store, yeah. Ace Hardware. I'm gonna go everywhere in this car where it doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cars, man, just bit my thing. That's my that's my drug, man. Like car, I just sent my wife a like a picture of a G six uh G five hundred top chopped off, and I was like, uh, <laughs> help I, me find this now. I saw the was it a Ferrari bike that you had? It's on your Instagram. Ducati. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that shit. Is yeah, she got me that for Christmas. Oh, oh man, my God. yeah. I was so, so the, <laughs> this is how horrible I am. So I was supposed to drain it. I have a I have a nineteen sixty eight Triumph mm. um, motorcycle as well. It's in the house. I drain the oil and in the in the gas out of it. It's in the house, like it's over there. It's an art piece just sitting in the corner. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get a Ducati. I'm gonna do the same thing yeah. when I get one. It was just one of those gifts. Sometimes you like, that's hard to buy for myself. I could buy it at any time, but it's like I don't want to buy that for myself. Like yeah. I just can't do it. I just, other shit to do, cool, whatever. So she got it, and I was like, okay, it's time to drain the oil and the gas out, put it in the house, cause I want this one in the house too. Mm-hmm. No, it's too cold. I've been driving it. It's cold. No, it's gorgeous. It doesn't matter whether it's cold or not. <laughs> I'm. Supp- I was supposed to make art of it, and I did. <laughs> and I've been driving it around. Just it like, is. yo, that's not what you're supposed to be doing with the bike, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hopefully, I don't fall off. But it's it's gorgeous. I saw it. And I was like, Jesus, man. Oh, man. I, I, like, I, that's been one of my yeah dreams for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely have the axe. You have written for some of the biggest stars ever made some of the biggest songs ever um two i guess two part question one is first part i guess first question is what's a memory that stood out to you something that you you probably haven't told um mm-hmm. writing for someone who was like and how the song came together oh wow something i haven't told i would think that 
writing this record, Skies of L.A., mm. um, for Celine Dion, was like one of those one of those moments where it's like, yeah, that's Celine. <laughs> that's that's her voice. And Trick called me. He's like, yo, you know that the thing you did, the idea, the song you did. It's like, Celine's going to cut this record. I was like, what? Like, yeah, she's she's going to cut it like right now. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I wasn't there. And I'm like, yo, man, like, what are you doing? I'm coming out of Vegas right now. He's yeah. like, no, we're going to cut it right now. We're going <laughs> to cut it without you. We don't care about you. We're going to cut it. So they cut the record. Um, she's being vocal produced on the record, and she's doing everything that the guy's telling her to do. And so the best moment of this time, which is why I don't listen to anybody who says, oh, man, you can't sing. It doesn't matter because of this moment. I'm going to tell you right now. She tells the vocal producer, she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. The song, how it was sang with the vocal on it before, I want to sound like that. Mm. And so Trick called me. He's like, yo, man, <laughs> she wants to sing this shit like how you sing it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the man <laughs> And that made my Like I was like What That's like Michael Jackson Telling you You could dance You're like what Exactly Oh man I hope I really can Cause I'm gonna try Celine Dion That's major Yeah that was uh, and uh, You know I still love her to this day Because of that And she had no idea Who I was at the point So it was no point In like You know And if you know Celine She doesn't kiss anybody at, mm. Anybody asses So she's like Yo This shit's hot How it is Love his vocal. I need to sound. I need that emotion. I need to sound like that. Mm. And yeah, that made my life. Nice. And tell me about winning your first Grammy. What was that like? Cause oh man, such a redemption. It felt like the comeback kid. Cause you don't know. You know, Grammys in that particular space. You know, it's like it's like the Super Bowl. Mm. So you don't know. You might not make it. <laughs> you know, the next time. You know, when you don't make that first one. Mm -hmm. Once you get the first one, you're like, oh okay, cool. I got it. I get it. So we lost Umbrella, you know, to Amy Winehouse the year before for mm. Song of the Year. And I was like, what? Like, how did this happen? And the voters don't know you. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't give a shit. So I drove to Vegas literally that night and started writing music. It wasn't what I wrote that got the Grammy, but I started working like I'm going to work all year long. And after that, I think I went on tour with... Um, JM JM Mary J Blige mm. Heart of the City tour oh, nice. um, for Love Hate. Nice. And in between that tour when we stopped here, um that's when Single Ladies was written. And so I thought about all of those things and how it from one year to the next year led up to Single Ladies and and, and winning Song of the Year that year and I was just like, "Oh man, this is this is like the comeback of comebacks, you know, same category the next the next year That's crazy. so you had two potential song of the years it's a hard category to crack yeah. as you know being new at that particular time um the grammys were still in a place mm -hmm. it was like mm, you still yeah nah dog <laughs> i don't know this guy like and i feel like i kind of broke that seal of like there's a thing where stigma came with these records that are kind of urban kind of pop I don't know if they should be in that category and lo and behold you know it, it happened yeah and so then began the next fight for the albums in which they ended up creating a category for those what do they call them now um um 
It's not R and B. It's uh, what is it like? Uh, cont- uh contemporary. Contemporary, yeah. Yeah. So they didn't have that when Love, Hate, and Love versus Money was out. Uh-huh. So I didn't get nominated not one time. They was trying to figure out exactly what it was like. What is this? Yeah. It's not R and B, but I'm like, actually, it is. But it's okay. Cool. It's, yeah. If Prince sings R and B, it's R and B. Exactly. Um, didn't get a, not a nothing. A nah, and I was looking at people in the category like, okay, hold up. Y'all saying that this shit's better than the first two albums that I put out? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, hell. That's what I knew. I had a problem with the Grammys internally. Like, yeah. Like, oh, okay. I'm probably not the best singer, but nobody beat this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty real with myself. Like, this didn't happen. And then right after that, though, um, certain people, even that I knew, got in the committee. So it made it possible for the new guys that were coming after that to get that category and that look. Yeah. Because it's like a bad call in a football game. Like, Seriously. Like, let's discuss now next year that we may need to take an extra look at this category. And they created that category. And so I feel like the godfather of the contemporary R&B yeah, category. Because, like, man, if people saw, like, some of the category, some of the stuff that was nominated before and then saw the albums that would came out that year, you'd be like, how the hell did this shit not get nominated so recent years especially the one the nods that just came out it's 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 not as good it's not it's not there yet but it's so much better than what so it used better. to be yeah man it's now now you able to have a cardi b right. as like album of the year because yep because back in the day that's all five, I'm saying. it's like a seal that just got unlocked exactly um but yeah so i guess Final thoughts. Um, usually, um, we like to ask if you had a advice to give to an artist, younger artist, so a younger songwriter or R R and B singer, just artists in general. What would you give advice to them? Move to Atlanta. Mm. Why is that? You just asked me what my advice was. I gave you. <laughs> I can't tell them all the sauce, man. <laughs> then they got to sign a Radio Killer Records. Move to Atlanta. <laughs> Move to Atlanta. Find me. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this, man. I appreciate thank you, it. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right. That's today's episode of Soundcheck, and thanks for tuning in. You can listen to more episodes of Soundcheck and keep up with everything Hypebeast Radio at hypebeast.com slash radio. Subscribe to Soundcheck on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts on. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at ECM underscore LP and follow Hypebeast Music for more original content and music news. Let us know who you'd like to have on the show, and thanks for listening.